thank you for this morning. Thank you for everything that you've done for this house. Father, I love this house, and I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful for the people that are in this house, God. The families, the community that's in this house. Lord, would you just bless them? God, you've been so faithful and so kind to us. Uh, Thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to come and gather and worship and praise you. We love you, Jesus. love you, Jesus. Come and show us your ways this morning. Come and reveal to us your words. Come and and show us who you are. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome your revelation, your wisdom, your guidance. Wow. Yeah. We welcome your love. We welcome your love. And I just feel like I, to, to be able to release that into, into families this morning, uh, into, com- into the community, but this house as a whole, I just feel like there's a release of love that is coming into families. Um, going into you know, the seasons of holidays that we have coming, sometimes they can be tense situations, but I believe that there's just going to be such um, an injection of love in this season. And so, Father, I just ask for the release of love, the release of your heart uh, into your people, into their families now. Father, I thank you for reconciliation, and um, Lord, that you are bringing um, sons and daughters back this morning, that you are bringing sons and daughters, you're repairing relationships. I thank you, Father, that out of this house, there is such a gift of restoration, and so, Lord, I just release it now in the name of Jesus into families in this house for repairing relationships, for restoring lives, for bringing healing, freedom, and transformation. Lord, we receive your gift of love right now. Yeah. If that's you, if you feel that this is something that that is is connecting with your heart or your family right now, I I just want you to hold out your hands because I believe that God is just going to release his love to you. So, Father, in an extra measure, Lord, I just ask for the release of your love now into your people. For healing in their families, for the release of your love that transforms, that renews, that strengthens, that brings peace. Wow. Your goodness, your mercy, pursuing after them, after those lost ones. Father, that, that you are the, the good shepherd that brings those individuals home. If there's, I really feel that there's almost a word of knowledge on this, um, that, that there's sons and daughters uh, in relationship that are a little bit estranged from the family, whether that's um, to do to, to uh, religious things or just miscommunications or other things. I really believe that God is bringing sons and daughters home. I believe that there's something on the fact that God is just repairing, releasing, um, and, and restoring families. And that can look like revival too. Yeah, that can look like the kingdom of God coming in families. That can look like the kingdom of God being released in our communities when they start to see the power of God released into the love in our homes. Yeah. So, Father, thank you so much for the release of your love now. Yeah. Pull down walls and barriers, structures, strongholds right now that the enemy has tried to um, divide. Yeah. But, Lord, would you just... Would you, would you tear down that structure completely right now? I just remove all authority 
um, from that structure. And Lord, we just thank you for the reconnection of family. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, we declare it. So, whew, that was fun. So I was out last week, and I heard you guys had a grand old time. I heard that there was quite a, 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 a fun bunch that happened. Y'all, y'all, can't, y'all can't burn the barn down while I'm gone. Um, I, I want to be here for that. Um, uh, let's do it again. We were in pre-service prayer, and um, John and Tiffany, as, as Mikey said, were away, and, and um, uh, the, the Browns are, are away today as well, uh, David and Elizabeth. Um, and I said, hey, while the parents are away, the kids get to play. <laughs> so let's go for it this morning, can we? Um, I want to, uh, we, we had so many um, testimonies that came up. We have a, an email here at, at the gate, and it's testimonies at the gate, Charlotte. Um, and often we get to hear about some of the amazing things that God has done and is doing within our community. And so I wanted to welcome up a couple of those individuals um, to, to be able to kind of testify of, of what God has done kind of over the past couple of months. And um, it, can I just get a, a show of hands? If you received a healing last Sunday, can you put your hand up? Come on. One, two, three. That's awesome. Come on. That's so amazing. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's incredible. Um, and I know that, um, you know, there was, there was even more that, uh, that we had come forward. So that's, that's so exciting to see the power of God touch a life. I mean, you know, we all have things and needs and stuff like that that, that we, we, we are so desperate for God to come into our situation. And when he does, I just, I want to take the time to celebrate those things. So I'd, I'd love for the opportunity. I've asked for a couple of people uh, to come up. Do you also want to share? No. Yeah. Uh, so, so Mike, would you come up? Um, Edwina, would you come up? Um, would you also come up? See? Thank you. Is this okay to do it with the headset and the microphone? All right. All right. So tell us a little bit about what happened. So last Saturday, we had a baby shower for Jane Long. And uh, shortly after that, I developed a whole lot of mouth ulcers. John mocks the way I say it, so I'm trying to enunciate. Um, so I had a whole lot of ulcers in my mouth, and uh, it was in a lot of pain. And Sunday morning, I could barely speak, um, and came to church uh, during pre-service prayer. John was actually chatting to me about just what he was going to be sharing about last week, and uh, there was a moment where he touched my face, um, and I was like, "Oh, that's so painful!" And the whole way through worship, I was not not able to worship. And there was a moment where I walked to the back of the room and I saw Nate Stewart, who is a dear friend of mine. And I went to him and I was like, Nate, I'm in so much pain. Please, can you pray? And he laid hands on me and he was praying. Nothing happened. <laughs> and then um, after, after worship, I was sitting where we normally sit and John was just preaching the word and it was wonderful. And there was a moment where suddenly all pain was gone. And I, I was like, is it, is it gone? And I went to the bathroom and had a look, and all the ulcers had left my mouth. And Come on. It was Let's celebrate that. That is so good. That is so good. Talk a little bit about what happened. Um, I've been coming here close to a year. It'll be October will be a year. And um, I was at home for three months of this year with extreme excruciating pain. Now, I've had three babies, every which way you can have babies. So I know what pain is. This pain was from the front right here all the way through to the back. It never stopped. It never let up. 
It only intensified, and finally I thought, I might should go to the doctor. This pain was so bad that when I walked, I would hold my clothes out like this because I couldn't let it touch my body. Yeah. And um, I realized I wasn't holding on to my garment, and I thought, okay, this is weird. And then I realized I don't have any pain, and I... I was afraid to touch myself. That's how bad it was. And I started pushing and pushing and pushing and jumping and screaming out loud. And the pain was gone instantly. I've got two testimonies. It was about two months ago, um, it was before, right after praise and worship, um, the word was going out that God was healing backs. And it was strange that right before the service started, I could feel my sciatic nerves start to kick mm -hmm. in. And that's exactly what was said, that healing on the sciatic nerve, and instantly the pain went away. Didn't have yeah. anything else on that. So, hey, great. Well, then about a month ago, I was working in the front yard, and we were pulling up a stump, and as it broke loose, I went back and fell flat on my back without bracing and hit right in the lower back and honestly felt like I broke my tailbone because mm -hmm. my dad has broken his, so I know what kind of pain it can put you in. So... Another week went by, it didn't get any better. It was still hurting and it was still hurting. And then in the service, I was standing back up there and the word went out for back healing again, mm. lower back. And so I got that one right here. Yeah. And as soon as I raised my hand, it felt like a hand was placed on my back, just right side of my spine, right where the pain and swelling was. And it just rubbed right down. And as soon as it did, everything went away. Wow. It's just pain free. That is amazing. Not a problem. So you, you felt like a, like a supernatural hand yeah. on your back. You That's amazing. Yeah. A physical touch Amen. and a supernatural healing. That's incredible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, everyone, for, for testifying. I'm going to go ahead and not use two mics. <laughs> I found out in my time there's one person that you do not want to make angry, and that is the sound person. <laughs> you just don't. Um, both while I was rapping and when I was preaching. So, um, so I, I, I want to, because I believe that there's something that activates when we testify about what God has done, it creates an environment for him to do it again. And so what I want to do is let's stand for just a moment. If you, um, we'll just stand, because you may be standing in, in place for somebody else that, that needs a healing. If you need a healing touch in your body, um, I, I want you to just receive, because I believe that the, the word and the power of God is being released over your body for healing miracles, signs, and wonders. So, Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every sickness and disease, and I, and I cancel it right now in the name of Jesus, and I tell it to go. Um, by your authority, I release your healing into these bodies. Uh, Father, for every healing, for every tendon, for every ligament, for every muscle, for every organ, for every cell, God, that there would just be absolute transformation. And I speak and release creative miracles for the needs that are in the room, God, that you would just release healing uh, over bodies, over minds, um, over, over uh, nervous systems, over backs right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the release of your power, your touch, right here. Father, we thank you for what you have done. God, we ask, do it again. And I just command healing in this room right now in Jesus' name. What I want you to do is if you, if you feel like you have done something similar in the way that, that Mike did it and in, in the way that Edwina did it, test it out. Take a look at something. If you feel that something has shifted in your body, just go ahead and wave, wave your hand at me. 
That's okay. Yeah, we feel a little bit of difference. There's two over here. That's awesome. Three over there. That's awesome. Let's do it again. Because I believe that sometimes we can, even Jesus had to pray more than once. And so it's okay for us to be able to pray multiple times, yeah? yeah. So, so Father, thank you so much for your goodness that you have already touched three people over here. So Lord, I just, I, I release again your healing power to touch bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every sickness and disease and I tell it to go. I forbid it from being able to manifest any further in the name of Jesus or return. Yeah. Um, but I, I command your bodies healed and whole yeah. now by the love and the power of God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Um, today we're going to be talking um, uh, uh, out of 1 John 4. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the, the love of God and who he is and what he's invited us into, what we have access to. Uh, I think it's always important for us as Christians to understand who we are, what we were created for, and who we're connected with. I think that we have something so powerful in our relationship with this king, with, our, with, with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. We have such a power in this relationship and that we get to be demonstrators of that healing, of that power, of that manifestation of his love. But it comes all out of that place, out of love. And that's everything that Jesus came to give us. And today I'm going to show you a little bit about what Jesus not only came to do, but what we have the invitation into in a greater way. And I believe through that there's going to be a release and an awakening into the hearts of, 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 of a love um, understanding that we're going to be able to have. Um, and, and I believe that there's even going to be a returning back to some of our first love and our reason why. Yeah, because I think sometimes church can kind of pull, you know, not, not church in the terms of us gathering as, as congregants, but I think um, the, the playing church can kind of pull some of those things out of us, a reason why we started, why we, we connected with God, why we received Jesus into our heart in the first place. And I think that there's a renewed sense of love. And when you have a renewed sense of love, a renewed sense of passion, there's, there's a fire of intimacy that gets lit on the inside of you. And you return back to why you, you, uh, you, why you have your first love in the first place. And it's so beautiful, his love and the, what he came to give us. Jesus is so beautiful. And my, my heart, my, my goal today is to just show you how beautiful he is. He's so beautiful, and he's so worthy of our time, of our attention. He's so worthy, and I just want to give him that. And out of that place, out of the place of our relationship with him flows everything supernatural because it's who he is. And as we spend time with him in his presence where he is, he's seated in heavenly places right now. His whole realm is supernatural. We have a friend in Jesus. We have a friend with power and authority that is above any name, power, and authority of this world. And he's invited us as co-heirs into this relationship. And we get to demonstrate out of that place. Not only demonstrate, but we get to be ambassadors. We get to govern with authority of heaven. But we do that out of abiding in love. Yeah. And that's, that's the original place. 
that we want to come back to is a place of love with him. So I want to do uh, first a couple of volunteers because um, I want to uh, demonstrate a little bit about our identity in Christ, um, who he has, has called us to do, uh, what he's called us to do, who he's called us to be. Um, what I'd like to do is, if I can, get a couple of volunteers. Um, Craig has done this before, and I love him as my Jesus in this, um, in this example. You'll see what I mean in just a moment. Craig, would you come on up? Matt, would you mind coming up? Matt, would you mind coming up? Okay, um, so, so Craig is going to be Jesus. Um, uh, we're going to have Matt as the, as the father. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to stand on a stair, you can. Um, no. um, yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't want to mess around with a rugby player. Um, and then um, if I could actually, Edwina, would you mind being the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can be right there. Um, yeah, <laughs> in, her, in her flowy, beautiful gown. Um, uh, Trevor, do you want to come play today? Yeah? <laughs> I've got to drag him out. Um, and Brittany, do you want to also come up? Yeah? Cool. Awesome. So um, I, I'm going to assign a few roles here in just a minute, but I, what I, I believe is this is actually a, a really powerful visualization um, into what we have uh, in Christ. Um, and, and, it's, and it's really important for us to, to understand. Um, we know that in the beginning, um, that, that the Father, the Son, and the, and the, and the Holy Spirit um, were, were in communion, in relationship with one another, right? In the beginning. They created humanity. So I'm going to uh, have, have Trevor be, be humanity, or, or the sons, sons and daughters of, of God. So um, here's, you know, Adam and, Adam and, Adam and Eve in the representation. So... Um, so humanity had a fall, didn't it? We had, you, it's okay, you can talk. <laughs> um, humanity had a fall. Uh, you know, while, while we were, um, we, we had a fall into sin and we had a, a disconnection uh, from God in the garden, right? Um, one of the things uh, that Jesus came to do was, was a, a message of rec- reconciliation. And while we were still sinners, uh, Christ died for us, didn't he? And so that, that while Christ, uh, well, I'm sorry. So um, if you want to stand out just a little bit further, I want to, if you guys wouldn't mind kind of joining hands for just a moment. So, so Jesus, um, with, the intention, um, with the intention of us being able to join what they have, um, there, is, there is something that's so beautiful about what the Trinity does um, for us um, in, in the fact that the Father sends the Son. He sends the, the gift of God. He sends His Son to reconcile us to the Father. Yeah? Okay. And so what I want you to do um, is I, I want you to go and, uh, and stand with, behind Trevor for just a moment. <laughs> um, and then if you guys wouldn't mind coming, coming around here. Um, and it says, uh, and so, so we, were, we were with him uh, on the cross. He died for our, our uh, transgressions, um, and he was wounded for our iniquities. And so while he was on the cross, we were in him. Um, and so our, our sins died with him. For we died, Romans 6, for we died and we were buried with Christ in baptism. We were um, 
just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we now live new lives. And that we have been set free from the power of sin, Romans 6, 7. Uh, and since we died with Christ, we also now live with him. And that we were raised from the dead and that he will never die again. For death has no power over him. And when he died, he died once, say once, once, to break the power of sin. And now that he lives, he lives in the glory of God. And so um, in him, uh, so you can go ahead and put your arms down. <laughs> Annie always has, my, my wife has so much compassion for when I, when I do this, because the person that has to sit there with her arms open for so long, she goes, don't, don't make them have their arms up for so long. It's painful. <laughs> and so, um, so that, so that when, he was, when he was raised up by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same life-giving spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, we now possess. Um, so, sorry, let me go to uh, Romans, Romans 8. The Spirit of God, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, now lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies with the same Spirit living in you. And, oh man, that gets me going. And so now, his Spirit... Um, uh, sorry, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Romans 8:15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit for when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. In the same way that Jesus had access to the Father, we now have that same access with him. We died with him. We were dead in our transgressions, and we were raised to life by the power of the, the, the Holy Spirit, that he gave life to our mortal bodies. Come on, somebody say amen. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, and since that we are his children, we are his heirs, and in fact, together with... Uh, with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Come on, isn't that good? So, so that when, um, when Jesus was sent into the world, um, he, he died once for us and that we were reconciled to God. And so now, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and if you'll just come and stand in the middle of these three individuals that we were raised with him. Uh, Jesus, when he was raised in resurrection, uh, he, he uh, met with, um, with, uh, with Mary who came to, to see him at the tomb. And he said, woman, do not cling to me for I've got to go to the Father. And he presented himself to the Father as this atoning sacrifice and how beautiful and how good that was. Um, and, and, and when he did that, um, we, we sat down with him at the right hand of the Father. We were now, the, the Father, um, when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. Yes. He is the victor of humanity and he has reconciled us to God. And it is, it is, we are forever called children of God and there's nothing that can separate us from this love. Um, uh, let's see, Romans 8, 38. Uh, oh no, I'm gonna go back to 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory, say overwhelming victory, is ours through Christ because, uh, through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears today or our worries for tomorrow. 
Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Isn't that good news? No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ our Lord. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So, so if we are children, we are also heirs. We are co-heirs, co-laborers with Christ to bring the Father his full reward so that our now, our, our, not only our responsibility is, um, and it says this in 1 John 4, we're gonna go into that in just a moment, but as he is, so are we in the world. I am convinced on the day of judgment that as he is, so are we in the world so that when, when because of, so, so this is fun. So what you're gonna do is, is you're gonna uh, be those that we, that we minister to. Um, and what I want you to do is uh, Trevor to come and put your hand on Brittany because I, I believe that this is a, a powerful notion. So um, because uh, the Holy, uh, when when Trevor puts his hand on Brittany, it's not just him putting his hand on Brittany. It's not just him because. There was a Holy Spirit that gave life to our mortal bodies, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And so when, when Trevor puts his hand on Brittany, Edwina, as the Holy Spirit, also puts his hand on, on Brittany, that we are one and united with Christ. And so, uh, Jesus, I want you to go ahead and put your hand um, right there on the same hand that, that Brittany's on. And, and that Jesus said, I do nothing that I, uh, I do nothing, sorry, um, I'm misquoting. Uh, nothing I do, uh, sorry. <laughs> Somebody else give it to me. <laughs> I only do what I see my father doing. There we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a lot of scripture today. Give me grace. All right. Uh, mercy. There you go. We're giving her all the grace right now. Um, and so, and, and the father and I are one. If you've seen me, he said to Philip, if you, uh, Philip said, when are you going to show us the father? Just show us the father. If, and he said, don't you get it, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. Oh, that's so beautiful right there. Do you just feel that kind of rest into the room? Ooh, don't get emotional. All right. <laughs> um, so, so that when we go to lay our hands, when we go to pray, when we go to, to exercise and move out of the, the power of, the, um, of, of everything, of that relationship, not even just out of the power of the Holy Spirit or out of a particular person, but we have access to this entire relationship. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? So that when Trevor goes to lay his hand, it's the, the entire Trinity is coming with us. Everything that Christ has done is because, or everything that we have access to is because of what Christ has done. And that's good news right there. That's good news. So we're gonna go ahead and pray for, for Brittany while we're there. I'm gonna get into something here in just a moment. Because of what Jesus has done, I am free. Because of what Jesus has done, I no longer have a sin problem. Because of what Jesus has done, I live in the fullness of, of adoption and relationship. One of the things that's, that's great about the Hebrew example of adoption is, is grafting in. Once you graft in a tree, it can't be then ungrafted. It grows together. It grows and, and it becomes one. There's a wholeness that you cannot separate. Um, and then that's what I love about Romans 8.38 is it says that I'm, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Ooh. 
Thank you, Father. I want to do First uh, John 4 and read this to you because I want this to be a picture of what we have the ability to abide in. And this is reading out of the uh, New Revised Standard Version. Um, Behold, let us love one another because God, uh, I'm sorry, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love that we have loved God, but God has loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's good. Beloved, since God has loved us so much, we ought to love one another. Um, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. I want to stop there for just a moment. Um, The address escapes me, but they will know that we are his disciples by our love. That if we abide in that relationship, they will know and, and see demonstrated on this world that we are demonstrators and who we came from because of our love. Amen. So our, you know, so so it's God's job in this connection when we're praying for the sick or or commanding um, them to be well. What's that? Thank you. Um, it is it is in us. Um, we, it's God's job to heal. It's our job to love. It's God's job to heal. It's our job to love. One of the things that um, John and Tiffany uh, set out early on was they said, you know, we just want people to come here and feel loved. If, you've, if you come here and leave feeling loved, we know that we've done our job. And so it's important for us to be demonstrators of that love. Hang tight with me. You're doing great. Are you getting some good prayer over there, Brittany? You got the whole Trinity with their hand on you and Trevor. Just wait until he sings. It'll be over. (laughs) By this, we know that we are able in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. That's good. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe that, that the love of God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. That's so good. Right there, let's hang there for just a moment. What, what Jesus has in a supernatural realm, we have in the world. So it's important for us to abide in his love, to spend time in his presence, to, to, to connect with him, 
So there's, there's so much that we have in a connection because of what Jesus has done. This is, this is the emphasis of this. Because Jesus has done and elevated us to a place um, of, con- of connection with God, but there's still a relationship aspect that we need to operate out of. We still need to spend time in an intimate way. Um, the, the disciples, before Jesus um, went to the cross, um, were given the authority over uh, unclean spirits and, and healing. And they were driving out spirits, and they, they came to uh, Jesus, and they said, you know, all these other people are, are driving out people in your name. There's an authority that has been released over all of humanity because of what Jesus has done. But there's still a relational aspect that we need to enter into through intimacy with him and abide in that place of love. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have the boldness on the day of judgment uh, because uh, as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, come on, I hear you. Perfect love casts out all fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection love because, um, or we love because he first loved us. And so it, it, in a unique way, it takes God to love God. And so, the, isn't that wild? Because he first loved us. I want us to come and reconnect with our why in the beginning, his loving kindness that led us to repentance and in, in, in a change and a transformation of our life, why we connected with him, what he did for us, and how powerful that is. And I want us to, to, to reconnect um, with, with the love that he first shared with us. And so... I, I, I love this picture, but I also want us to, to reconnect um, with, with the authority and the love of God. Thank you so much. Give him a hand, please. I had a friend... Um, who I, I got to know through one of my jobs. He came in as a, as a customer and we started developing a friendship and hanging out. Um, it, was, it was an unlikely circumstance that, that I think that we became friends, but um, we connected nevertheless. Um, he lived a different lifestyle than I did. Um, he, uh, he, was a, he was a very wealthy man. Um, and as we spent time together, um, I got to kind of come along for the ride um, of, this, of this lifestyle. And so here I was kind of like this, this poor college student, and all of a sudden I'm walking into some of the best restaurants in the city. I'm spending time um, in, in $4 million, $5 million homes, and I'm, and I'm blown away by what's surrounding me um, because of the time that I'm spending with this person. This was his reality. This is what he lived every day. Um, we, we had dinners with um, some historical figures, government officials, and I'm, I'm sitting at the table with these individuals feeling like I'm so undeserving of, of this time, and I'm, um, I'm blown away that I'm here right now. Like, what is going on? But I felt that God was teaching me something about a supernatural lifestyle because his everyday is supernatural. 
If we want revelation, we spend time with Jesus. He's hearing it direct from the Father. We want to he see healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. There's no pain, no sickness in heaven. We spend time with Jesus. We, um, we want to uh, see provision and resource. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We spend time with Jesus. And there was so much in, in my relationship with this individual that um, while I was, I was hanging out with him, there was a lot that I received by osmosis into my life because um, of, of who he was and his lifestyle. And I believe that God was teaching me so much about the supernatural that out of a place of intimacy is how we connect and how we receive here on earth. And we're able to demonstrate that. And so we really want to cultivate a friendship with God. It, it, said, it talks about in, in Genesis um, that, that Enoch uh, walked with God and that he was no more. I love to uh, kind of read into to Bible stories a little bit, um, and I'm not trying to add to them or anything like that, but I, I love reading into them and, and capturing a little bit of probably what that conversation was like. Enoch walked with God. Enoch spent time with God. And then there was to this point where I think they had this relationship and they were out for a walk one day and Enoch looks at God and, and they were, you know, probably had to, Enoch probably had some responsibilities that he had to get back to. And he just looked at God and said, I don't want to leave you. I don't want to leave you either. Well, why don't you just come with me? I think that there's so much that we have yet still to unlock in intimacy. Amen. I think there is still so much in relationship that we have to unlock. And, you know, it, it far exceeds, it far exceeds um, the basic things that we hold and esteem as, as high stuff. Yes, we want revelation. Yes, we want healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. Yes, we want all this. It's everything that he is. It's everything that he came to give us. It's everything that his realm is full of. And I just believe that as we spend time in an intimate way getting to know him, as we spend time in his presence, that those things will manifest in our life. It's good for us to still believe and spend time and practice those things. I'm not, I'm not dis displaying that. But for us to spend time in his presence, to be intimately known by him and to know him, there's still something there that we need to unlock. His mercies are new every day. There's new sides of him that we get to see. Um, somebody explained revelation to me in, in the light of like a diamond and how, uh, or a prism, as light comes into uh, a diamond, it goes out in, in hundreds of different ways. And I remember watching my wife uh, sitting in the car and seeing uh, as the light was shining in on, on her ring, and it just shined up over the, the whole inside of the car, seeing the sparkles all over the place. And it's, and it's beautiful, and there's, there's different aspects of his nature that we can connect with. There's different aspects of who he is. And so I want us to, um, I believe that there's so much an invitation for this morning for us to be able to connect with his presence, to connect with who he is, and out of that flows everything out of that place flows everything. And I believe that God opens that invitation and he's there to meet us. Um, Jeremiah 
um, 29.13, 29.11 gets quoted quite a bit, but I wanted to quote 29.13. You seek me and you find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. And I think there's something so beautiful about when we, when we seek after the things of God. I believe that there's a supernatural hunger that gets stirred up inside of us to be able to connect with him. And that when we seek him, we find him. He makes himself available to us. And I think in, in so many ways, there's two things that I've found in a supernatural lifestyle. Um, is, is There's two keys that I've found to that, trust and availability. two things that I think that he also presents and gives to us. Trust. He, he delivers on every single one of his promises. I had a powerful dream when I was younger, and it was he revealed himself in that big, boomy voice, I am God and I keep my promises. He revealed himself to me as the promise-keeping God. That's beautiful. Um, but I believe that there's something also in a supernatural lifestyle that we can develop and be a person of trust, that he can trust, so that when we, um, governing out of the power of what Christ came to give us, that we can be a place of trust for other people to come. Are we a people that God can trust and send his friends to? that we're going to be a safe place, that if he gives us, you know, the Bible says, I reveal my mysteries to those that love me. If he reveals his mysteries, all of his wisdom, all of his, uh, his insight and revelation to you, are you going to use it and leverage it against somebody? Or are you a place that he can trust and you can love them? When you start hearing about a marriage crumbling, are you going to use that with ambition? Or are you going to, apply the love of God to that relationship. And there's such a sweet invitation in that way that we have the ability to be able to, out of the intimate relationship with God, to be able to present that love to uh, the people that he brings and shares with us. And I think also in availability, um, I think that we have the ability to be able to uh, be available for God. I, I love the picture that's painted with uh, C.S. Lewis and the, the four young kids with the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe uh, in, in Narnia. Um, and it just, whenever they're, they're out playing games, they're out doing things, but uh, it, it, anybody grow up on like the BBC version? Of, of, I grew up on like the BBC version, like long before CGI, where like they were like interacting either with like actors in big costumes um, or they were, or they were interacting with like drawn figures, like long before you know CGI, um, and uh, and so I I loved the way that these kids would just be captured up into this this other realm, this other place, and that they were just available for for what Aslan uh, had for them to do, the calling, the purpose, the destiny that was on their lives. Um, are you open? Are you listening? Are you available that if he speaks to you with a whisper, you hear him and respond? I'm, I'm trying to, in my maturity in this Christian life, to listen to the whispers and the nudges of God, to keep my heart soft towards him, not to the things, the circumstances of life that would pull my attention away, but am I listening to the whisper? 
Am I listening to the whisper that calls me, come spend time with me. Come spend time with me. I want to reveal my love to you. I want to show you my love. Hey, can you spend time with me? I, I, have, um, I have something that I need you to pray about. And that's really what the key of intercession is as well, is that we can listen to his spirit when he calls for us to pray for a friend that may be going through a circumstance, that we can receive heavenly revelation and knowledge. Um, there was a situation this week that I had the ability, and I was just driving along, and I was actually in the middle of a pretty large circumstance myself. My dog needed emergency surgery, and I had to respond to that. And I was in the middle of getting her from one vet hospital to the other vet hospital, and I had the ability to pray for a friend and, and found out that that was actually a real need that happened in their life and that God was starting to tell me things, even in the middle of my crazy circumstance that was going on, I could listen to the whisper and engage with heaven. That I could release a declarative power um, to, for, the, for the healing, um, for, for the intercession, for the release of angels. We have that ability, that power out of that relationship to be able to do what Jesus did, that we get to be as Jesus is in the world. You are an ambassador of heaven. You are a governor of power in this world. How we take responsibility with that power is so important. And the way that we get to demonstrate that love, what does that look like to a city? What does that look like to a community of churches? What does that look like to, um, to the... I mean, if we've been given power, power is an authority that is to be governed, right? And so we have the ability to be able to govern that power and how that affects those that are around us is how we operate in that power out of the relationship, the authority that we've been given. And so we have a, an opportunity in the spirit as we keep in close relationship with God. If we seek first the kingdom, the rest will be added unto us. And so I, I believe that as we spend time in his presence, as we seek him, as we, because I think oftentimes we can do things for the kingdom without having relationship with the king. We can get caught up in, in doing things, in doing rather than being a being with him. But it's out of this place that I can, I can be Jesus in the world. And I can spend time with him in relationship and he can speak to me and he can call to me and he can cultivate the, the love and the intimacy inside of my heart. And that the more that I spend time in this relationship, the more that I spend time with the king, the, the more that I, I look like him. And the more that I operate out of that love and that authority in the world. I want to spend time with our king. He's worth it. He's worth the oil of my life. Let's go to Mark. Mark 14. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of the unleavened bread. Leading the priests and the teachers of the religious law still looking for the opportunity to kill Jesus. And he sits down to have a feast. Um, 
Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, um, who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made of the essence of nard, spike nard. Um, I'll stop there for just half a second. There's a beautiful relationship. If you get into reading in the Song of Songs, or the Song of Solomon, um, into the relationship um, of the different oils um, as, as there's a representation of the bridegroom um, uh, his, as he reaches his hand through the lock and his hand is covered in myrrh, the invitation that God extends to us, to his bride, it's so beautiful. Um, on the other side of that, um, the, the smell of the bride um, and, uh, is, is mostly linked and associated with, with spikenard. And I think it's beautiful uh, to think about Jesus' head and feet being anointed with this spikenard. Um, and if, you know, we're, we're in a community of people that love uh, our essential oils, is that right? Yeah. Anybody ever dropped one of those suckers? <laughs> Ever, anybody ever had one of those explode all over the place? And it's just, the, the fragrance, it just fills everything, doesn't it? You can't get it out. Or, or uh, you know, even just spraying, we, we clean with uh, thieves oil, and thieves oil gets all over the place, and, and it makes the room so fragrant. So, so this was, and, it, and there's an, another uh, version of this that says that, that she poured this perfume on his, on his head and his feet, um, weeping over his feet, and... and um, cleaning his feet with, with her tears. And it's just such a beautiful picture of the bride. Um, and the fragrant oil uh, that she had uh, was, was likely a year's wages. And this is a costly oil. This is a costly oil. The oil um, that either would be used in her dowry or would be used for uh, a burial ceremony. And so she was, you know, there's other, other versions that say that he was, she was anointing me, you know, she's anointing me for my death. Um, and I can't get this picture out of my head that while Jesus was on the cross, and he says he said seven sentences, but each time in between that, I don't know what you know about crucifixion, um, but, it, but it essentially just slowly chokes you. Um, and, and sends you into cardiac arrest. So, so each time he's hanging on this cross through the nail in his feet and he has to push up to take breath and say his words. Yeah. Each time that he's, he's stepping up and taking a breath, he's breathing in and that fragrant oil, the oil of the bride, um, he's smelling that, that perfume and he's, he's reflecting on each time as he's stepping up and taking that breath, smelling that fragrance, this is the joy that's set before me. This is what I'm doing it for. And there's such a beautiful picture in that. So she broke open the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And some of those that were at the table were indignant. Why waste such an expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want. 
but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. It's being remembered today. The, the costly oil, the oil of our lives, that oil that, let me just say it this way. Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. He's worth everything. And so when I, when I reconnect about why I started, what, you know, why I came into this life, why I gave my life to Jesus, I remember that specific day that it talks about, like, like Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I tried my best to live the life I could, but I came in and I gave myself to Jesus and I said, you live your life through me. This is my costly oil, but I give my life to you. I want you to have my life. And it's so much better. <laughs> it's so much better, but he's so worth it. He's worth my time. He's worth my attention. He's worth my sacrifice. He's, he's, he's worth my time, my energy. He's worth everything. And I so desperately love to, to connect with him and give him the oil of my love. The joy that was set before him is now the joy that's set before me as I get to give him my life. In the way that I love people and the way that I get to transform cities is the way that I get to pray and heal the sick. But I do that out of a relationship that he offered and gave to me. He is my everything. He is my everything and I love him. Colby, I want us to go uh, into a, a time of reflection um, and, and worship. I'm gonna have Colby come back up and, and we're gonna sing a song. Um, I just felt that there was such um, a need to reconnect with our why because I think sometimes we can get caught up in doing things for him rather than doing things with him. When we, we often look at the story of the prodigal son of the prodigal son coming home, but there was an elder brother that was out in the field. He came home hearing music, dancing, laughter. What is this? He felt cheated. I've been out with you. I've, I've been out in your fields, working your fields. What is this? He connects with his father. I've... I've wanted to have celebrations and I've, I've you know, I wanted to have as, as much as a measly goat to be able to, to celebrate with my friends, but you've killed the fatted calf for him. And the father with his response, and I love the way that he, he responds to both, um, both the, the prodigal son, the younger son, and the older son. And he turns to him, he says, I've been with you all this time. Don't you know? Everything I have is yours. And sometimes we can spend too, too, too much time out in the field. We can do things for the kingdom. 
but the king wants to have relationship with us. He is worth it all. He is worth everything. So I've asked these guys to, to come and sing the song that we sang earlier. And I want us to just go back into a time of worship. And I believe that something um, powerful is going to happen out of that place. Um, but I, if you wouldn't mind standing, I, I want us to pray together. Jesus, you are beautiful, and we love you. I'm so thankful for you, God. I'm so thankful for the way that you've radically transformed my life. I'm so thankful for the way that you love me, that you demonstrate your love for me, what you did for us on the cross, the, the invitation that you gave us into the relationship um, of your love. God, what a sweet, sweet gift that was. How much you loved us, you demonstrated for us on the cross. Oh, how we love you. Oh, how we love you, God. How we love you, Father. Yeah. Father, I thank you for the, the release, as I spoke earlier, of reconciliation in this household. If there's anybody here uh, that, that needs to return to that place of their first love, I believe that there's an open invitation from the Father this morning for a homecoming whether you've been working out in the fields or you've been uh, out like the prodigal. There's a homecoming here this morning. There's a father with his arms open wide. Wow. There's a love with its arms open wide. Jesus, with his arms open wide, demonstrated his love for us on the cross. And we have the opportunity to respond to that love. Jesus, I ask that, that you, you help us connect more with your intimacy, that you um, help us to connect in the place of, of relationship with you. Teach us to love you. And I love that it's, it, it takes God to love God. So what I ask now, Father, is for your love all across this room right now. I ask for your love. Yeah. We wanna love you. We wanna love you. We're here for you. This is why we're doing this. We've gathered together because we love you. You are so worthy. You are so beautiful, God. I am captivated by your presence. Yeah, No longer do we want to just do things for the kingdom of, we want to do it with you. You're our reason, God. You're our very reason. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.